Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, this show is your safe space for the most filthy casual takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's episode, episode number 110 of this filthy casual podcast with the icy yet spicy lasagna in the very cold fridge. So, welcome to part six of our NFL team-by-team season previews. And we're getting there. We are almost at the end. Yes, training camp has technically started for most teams, but we are at the very tail end. The start of training camp doesn't really offer much news for the most part. So, we're going to roll along here. We are going to roll along with our team-by-team previews. And whatever develops in training camp, well, well, we'll talk about it. We'll briefly talk about it. I do want to mention that something did happen in the previous episode of my of my podcast. If you watched the YouTube version, you might have noticed during the Pittsburgh Steelers portion, you may have even saw it during the clip, that my camera was starting to slide down. It was starting to tilt a little bit. You might have noticed it was starting to move ever so slightly. The reason for that is, well... On my desk, you if you're watching the audio version, you'll probably get a good description of it. In on my desk holds a holds a stand, a mount for my camera. It's an Elgato like master mount or whatever it's called. And my L-shaped desk, it's kind of like a weird uh, has these weird bars underneath, and it can't hold my master mount very well. Because when I put it, when I connected it to the, when I twisted it underneath, it always slides. It literally always slides, and that leads to my camera doing that. It, did, it literally did this for the first time on a podcast. So <laughs> I managed to figure out the problem. Uh, I just had to put it on one of the edges and not under the bar. So problem solved, I guess. But Elgato, please, please get a better like a better mounting system that can be more 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 better uh, acquainted for L-shaped desks with weird ass bars. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the AFC South. Now, we've covered many NFL divisions, the NFC North, the NFC West, the entirety of the NFC. We just recently talked about the AFC North. The NFC the AFC South is one of those divisions where it's just that it's honestly kind of a pain. <laughs> it's honestly kind of a pain to talk about. It's pretty, it's pretty hectic, pretty lame, <laughs> just like my week has been currently. It's been it's it's been a, a chore to research on, to talk to, to like even talk about uh, with people because this division, aside from two teams, is just so weak. It's at least it it's kind of like the NFC East. There's pretty much just two teams, and that's it. Like, and those two teams are not real, real, really Super Bowl contenders. Like, at least not yet until they prove otherwise. They, maybe they can surprise me. So that's the same case with the AFC South. So, of course, we have the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, all of whom we're going to be talking about here today. So, obviously... This is kind of like the AFC version of the NFC East, but who knows? As we talk about them throughout this episode, maybe they'll drop a surprise or two. So first up, we're going to talk about the all-elite Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, 
Two for County, the all elite shit show in Jacksonville. So, yes, that's pretty much what it was in 2021. An all elite shit show led by Shahid Khan and his right hand man, Tony Khan Man, the owner of AEW, and along with their one and done head coach, Urban Meyer. Yes, Urban Meyer, the famed college football head coach with, what was it? Ohio State or. Well, yeah, Ohio State. So they hired Urban Meyer in 2021, and he was pretty controversial from the get-go, whether it was in training camp, throughout the season. Um, they did get their coveted star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, with the number one overall pick, but they just couldn't save themselves the embarrassment off the field. They were very bad in 2021. And Urban Meyer was pretty much the whole story of this of that season. He was always in the headlines, whether he was hoarding at restaurants, after games, kicking kickers and fighting with other players. And Shahid Khan actually finally had enough. He finally had a gut in him to fire him well before the season ended. All the, like It didn't even take him like the end of the season to fire him because enough was enough. So the Jags did end the season 3-14, and 14, but you know they kind of ended it on a high note despite you know having a clown show literally in their stadium. But nonetheless, they did manage to beat the Indianapolis Colts um, in a technical blowout and cost them a playoff spot. So overall, still, the Jaguar season as a whole was pretty awful. It's pretty goddamn awful, just like, you know, their all-elite shit show. So for the Jaguars in 2022, well, you got to try to build confidence around Trevor Lawrence. But to do that, you got to get him some help. You had to stop being cheap. And get him some damn help. So, who do you call to get him that damn help? Well, you bring in a former Super Bowl winning head coach who managed to turn around Carson Wentz and then help Nick Fails, F-A-I-L-S, but he wasn't Nick Fails when he won that Super Bowl, enter former Philadelphia Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. So, Doug Peterson turned Carson Wentz around, nearly made him an MVP candidate, before he got hurt, and then he he transformed Nick Foles into Super Foles and became a Super Bowl MVP. Yes, beat Tom Brady. So you bring in Doug Peterson, and then in the offseason, you re-sign your key left tackle, Cam Robinson, and center Tyler Shatley, so two key pieces of the offensive line. And then this, this, this things get weird. Things get really weird for Jacksonville. They have some of the most money to spend, in the offseason, but they spend it on we on weird things. They add receiver Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals. They receiver Zay Jones from the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, guard from the Washington Commanders, Brandon Sheriff. Corner Darius Williams for the LA Rams. Tight end Evan Ingram from the New York Giants. Defensive end Arden Key from the San Francisco 49ers, which, by the way, I kind of do like. Um, for Jacksonville, because Arden Key was a pretty good player for San, for San Francisco. Now, they did lose Miles Jack, a key piece, one of the last pieces of, of Saxonville back in 2017 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They also lost DJ Clark, their receiver, to the Detroit Lions. And they also lost guard Andrew Norwell to the Washington Commanders. So they added a bunch of people, and they also lost a bunch of people. Now, in their draft is where they did their work especially in the first round with their first overall pick. They picked defensive end Trayvon Walker 
I mentioned in my filthy casual preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars that I like Trey Walker for his raw athleticism, but again, doesn't always translate to the NFL. You have to have the key um, assets. You have to have the key skills. His run blocking was kind of weak, so it's all about development for him. They also selected a linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd, and a center from Kentucky, Luke Fortnier. So I'm not sure why. Maybe they needed a backup center. So maybe that was why they got a center. The biggest problem for Jacksonville in that offseason, though, was that's why I said it got weird. They overspent. They overpaid (laughs) for potentially middling returns. Like Christian Kirk was a wide receiver three in Arizona in that offense with Kyler Murray. And what makes you think that he's going to suddenly make Trevor Lawrence like beautiful? What's going to make him like great? Christian Kirk was it's a he's a solid receiver, but he's not a he he's not a top receiver that flashes like elite route running or great great hands, at least not yet. And Zay Jones, like he was the fourth option, he was the fourth option behind uh, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller in Las Vegas. Like, and you overpaid him. Like, really? <laughs> really? Like, man. But, you know, I did, I kind of did like the pick with Trayvon Walker, though. Um, I, he's going to be a, he's going to be a project. He's going to be a project for Jacksonville. But, um, you know, Arden Key is there. He, he's a nice pickup for Jack. He's a nice cheap pickup for Jacksonville for one year. Um, you build that pass rush with Josh Allen and, and the others. Now, if, as long as they develop him correctly, and he picks up on whatever they're teaching him, um, of course, it has to be correct. Then, who knows? Maybe we get a very good tandem, a very good pass rushing trio over there in Duval. So that could be a very dangerous uh, front there. Now, the offensive line, um, there's there there are some decent things going on there. You got Cam Robinson coming back. Um, you did get uh, a good center rotation with Shatley and Fortnier. Um, the offensive line's turning out to be pretty okay. Um, so we'll see if it turns out to be better this year than years past, uh, especially last year. So for Jacksonville, I mean, yes, they overspent, but I mean, who knows if it if those overspending, the overpaying, will will actually be beneficial to them this coming season. So for Jacksonville, they got two key games. Yeah, it's just two because well, they're frankly still terrible. They got two key games coming up this season, and that's two until proven otherwise. The week two game at home, their home opener against the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of a revenge game for Indianapolis, but, you know, for Jacksonville, they always play well against the Indianapolis Colts, whether it's early in the season or later in the season at home. So better watch out for Jacksonville in that game against Indianapolis. And then week four, you go to Philadelphia to face the Eagles in a revenge game for Doug Peterson for firing him in 2020. So Doug Peterson gets to return home. Who knows? He gets the same innovation or he gets booed by um, that Philadelphia faithful. So we'll see what happens. So, of course, the biggest questions going into the season for the Jaguars, the all elite Jacksonville Jaguars, is, is Doug Peterson going to be the guy that Im- improves Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence is okay. He's a, he's a, a above-average quarterback. K- 
can he be taken to that next level by Doug Peterson? He did it with Carson Wentz in 2017. And yes, things kind of went downhill after that. And then, of course, when Carson Wentz got injured, he took Nick Foles all the way to the top. He became Super Foles magically. So is Doug Peterson going to be that guy? Is the front office, is Shahid Khan going to allow him to improve and develop Trevor Lawrence in 2022? Hopefully. Hopefully. Now, who's going to be the the top option? Who is this even legit receiving receiving core in Jacksonville? You got Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Jamal Agnew, Marvin Jones. Like you have your four receivers, but who's going to be the preferential option here for Trevor Lawrence? That remains to be seen because you have so many mouths to feed, but at the same time, it's like, are there any good ones? Are there any good ones? So for Jacksonville, they're still a a pretty pretty bad team. Um, sure, they had some okay pickups in for agency, and their draft was all right. But you know they still got a long way to go. Doug Peterson has his hands full, so I imagine they they go five wins max because there's still a lot of holes in this roster. Like you don't really have a legit receiving option yet until they play they start playing games. Um, that offensive line is starting is on paper okay. It's it's solid. That pass rush that, that could be interesting though. I like that pass rush can be interesting with Josh Allen, uh, Trayvon Walker, and and Arden Key. I think that pass rush in Jacksonville could be uh, very interesting there. Um, is the secondary maybe that that could, that could also be interesting. Maybe the defense could be the key for Jacksonville twenty twenty one. But until otherwise. Until otherwise, this is going to be the same Jacksonville Jaguars team just with uh, two more wins. Um, and they're just going to be the same all elite shit show that they were in 2021. So we'll see what happens. So now let's talk about the other terrible team down in the AFC South, down in Houston, Texas. And that is the Houston Texans. So they were projected to be one of the very worst, if not the very worst teams in 2021. But somehow, some way, they managed to match four wins again in 2021. From 2020, they were four wins. And in 2021, they were also four wins. And this is without Deshaun Watson, who was undergoing all those uh, sexual allegations um, during that time. So they had the rookie Davis Mills and veteran Tyrod Taylor swap back and forth between the starting job. And Davis Mills, you know, he was some somehow, some way able to work with that crappy talent given to him. Um, pretty much everyone was on a short-term deal um, with uh, the talent around him. And the Texans, you know, for the crap that they were, give, uh, the, that they were given, um, for the, the crappy roster assembled, you know, they managed to net some upset wins over the LA Chargers and the Tennessee Titans this season, uh, that, that last season. So, Houston Texans with... Uh, their head coach, David Coley, they were like, they yes, they were terrible, but you know, you got some like some confidence boosting upset wins. Now, unfortunately, though, David Coley was one and done, and in came defensive coordinator Lovey Smith, who has had previous head coaching experience with the Chicago Bears, uh, took them to the Super Bowl, but that was like a long time ago. So, who knows what uh, Lovey Smith is going to bring to the table. 
So your goal for 2022, if you're the Houston Texans, is, well, is Davis Mills a guy that you can, like, rely upon long-term? Now, we've he's played, like, a good sample of the 2021 season. Now, how do you see him being for a full season? That means to be seen. And how do you see him with a still crappy roster? That also means to be seen. So the Texans, because they they blew their load on many, many players in, in years past, thanks to Bill O'Brien's dumbass, they couldn't sign just about anybody. They couldn't sign many people. But they did manage to re-sign one of their key players, like receiver Brandon Cooks. He's staying on with the Houston Texans for whatever reason. They also managed to add defensive end Mario Addison from the New York Giants, corner Steven Nelson from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, guard AJ Ken from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you're getting um, something for the offensive line. And maybe you could get a potential decent running back in Marlon Mack from the Indianapolis Colts. You know, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines are in Indianapolis now. So there's not really a place for Marlon Mack. So down you go to Houston. Now, looking at some of their losses, they did lose Tyrod Taylor to the New York Giants. So your insurance policy in case Davis Mills fucked up is gone. Justin Reed, the safety, went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, outside linebacker Jake Martin is also gone to the New York Jets. So their defense is kind of got a little worse um, when it was already bad to begin with. And then, of course, the big trade of their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to the Cleveland Browns went through <laughs> he got traded in that massive trade that included three first round picks so the texans well they they did they did pretty well with those picks so they got the corner from lsu Derek stingley jr um I, he was coming off a torn acl i believe and you know who if, if whether or not he'll be ready for the the start of the season hey he could be a good contributor for them um, they also got a tackle by the name of Kenyon Green, solid player. And they got in, in the later rounds, they got safety Jalen Pitcher, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Baylor. And they got a receiver from Alabama by the name of John Mechie, the third. So maybe an option for Davis Mills in that offense. So for the Texans, yeah, they, they didn't do much in free agency, but... Uh, you know, their draft additions, you know, they might they might be a positive in what's gonna likely be another down year for them. Because Derek Stanley Jr. is pretty good. He is pretty good, he was pretty good in college. Now, can he stay healthy? That's the other thing. Um, Alabama receiver John Mechie the third, he's pretty solid. Um, if you put him with the right quarterback, um, if Isaiah Mills continues to develop, okay. Then who knows? Who knows? Now, unfortunately for the Texans, um, yes, you traded away Deshaun Watson. But you're also facing the repercussions of that, too, because it's been rumored, it's been reported that the Texans allowed that to happen, allowed those things that Deshaun Watson did to happen. So they are also in big trouble. Um, I'm not sure if that got settled already by the Texans side on the Texans side, but to allow that to happen, like, like, how can you deem yourselves the good guys? Like, seriously, man, that's just awful. So looking at the Texans' key games of 2022, it's your very first game at home against the Indianapolis Colts. 
um, you got to at least inspire some confidence at Davis Mills. It can be a capable starter, even though it's just week one. But you don't want to go into the season like thinking that Davis Mills sucks. <laughs> he's he's a terrible quarterback. Um, at least like if you're looking at it from the Texans, you got to inspire some confidence in Davis Mills against a what could be a very good Indianapolis Colts team. Then, of course, the revenge game for the L.A. Chargers um, in week four. Um, the Chargers, um, granted, they don't have any um, positive COVID tests or any other terrible injuries by then. They're going to be out gunning for revenge against the Houston Texans for that week 16 loss last year. So look out for that revenge game there. So the question being for the Texans in this in this season with David Coley, um, considering that, well, they didn't really improve much else aside from maybe the second, maybe the secondary, maybe the offensive line with Kenyon Green, um, and the guard AJ Can. It's like, what do they do? <laughs> like, how do they even approach this season? Like, like do they should they just lose them all, or should they just ride ride the wave with Davis Mills? Like, what do they want? What do they even want to accomplish with Lovey Smith? as their head coach like do they want to establish a winning culture like what do the texans even want to do what why do they even want to be in this season like because to be honest with you i don't even i can't even foresee them winning like more than three games like to be honest like that's just being honest because this is a very very like i'd say it's even worse than the jaguars it's even worse than the Jaguars roster. And for as crappy as an ownership that the Jaguars are, the Texans are even worse. The Texans are so bad. So, like, what do, what did the Texans do? Like, what did the Texans even do for this season? Like, do, do they just lose them all? Like, but don't make it so obvious? Or do you just run the mill with Davis Mills and see what he has? So that's the biggest question of them all. But again, I project three to three wins max because this roster is not this roster has not improved because well they don't have money to spend and the front office doesn't seem that interested in improving this roster. They don't have an they don't have a long term answer at quarterback yet. Um, the receiving game aside from Brandon Cooks and maybe John Mechie the third, it's bad and. Your defense is still kind of meh. So for the Texans, you're in for a very long season yet again. So next up is the Indianapolis Colts. And I got to say, with the Colts, they didn't really do much in the offseason. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued of what they could potentially bring to the table in 2022. But before we discuss that, we got to look back at 2021. How did they even get to this point? And, you know, it couldn't have been this way had things not gone down the way it went and they were three and five to start t- the 2021 season, but behind pro bowl running back, John, the Taylor who went berserk in 2021 and that very, very good defense. They overcame that three and five start. They won their next six to seven games and they had two opportunities. They were on the verge of clinching a playoff berth in week 17 and week 18. So two opportunities to clinch a playoff berth against the Las Vegas Raiders 
and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their first opportunity against the Raiders, they lost a heartbreaker. And they came out flat, to be honest with you, in that game. And then they're nursed that game in week 18 against the Jags. The Jags boiled up Jonathan Taylor, and Carson Wentz was nowhere to be found. Their newly acquired quarterback in that last offseason, Carson Wentz, he he blew it. He he bombed. He flopped. And the Jaguar the Jaguars whooped their candy asses um in Duval County. And the Colts went 98, but they missed out on the playoffs. They blew their chances to make the postseason. And as a result, a lot of the blame went to Carson Wentz. Um and you know, you know, it's a it's a team effort, but when you look at Carson Wentz, he was not great. <laughs> In, in that 2021 season. And there were apparent like, reports that the locker room didn't like him for because he was lacking leadership and accountability. And as a result, he got traded in the offseason to the Washington Commanders. So when you look at this 2022 season, you got a new quarterback by the name of Matt Ryan from Atlanta. And all you had to give them was a third-round pick for him in of course, you have to tackle on this big-ass contract. So for the, the Indianapolis Colts, you're on your, what, your fifth quarterback in the last five years since Andrew Luck retired in 2019? Like, geez. You went from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz. Now you're on Matt Ryan. Like, are they ever going to have a stable quarterback? <laughs> like, geez. Like, geez. But who knows? Maybe could my, could Matt Ryan like have some s- sustainability, some like stability for the Colts' quarterback situation for who knows how long? So looking at some of their key offseason moves in the free agency and the draft, they re-signed their tight end Mohali Cox and an outside linebacker by the name of Zaire Franklin. And looking at their additions, their signings. Now, yes, they were very quiet. In the in free agency, and some people did not like that, but they added some ver- some nice pieces to their roster, like edge rusher Yannick Nugakwe in a trade for the Las Vegas Raiders. For all they had to give up was their corner, Rock Yassin, um, mainly because the Raiders got Chandler Jones, and there wasn't really a need to have Yannick Nugakwe. So there's that. They also got corner Stephon Gilmore from the Carolina Panthers. So that was a big ad. That was a big ad by the Indianapolis Colts there. So that makes their defense even stronger. Um, They also got free safety Rondi McLeod from the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, some depth behind um, behind Darius Leonard. Uh, Oh, wait, Darius Leonard is a linebacker, but it is what it is. And then just in case Matt Ryan, you know, doesn't do well. They got Nick Foles, yes, from the Chicago Bears. Um, so just a little bit of insurance, <laughs> a little insurance policy. Um, so looking at the people that they lost, not really much to note. Um, they lost two guards by the name of Mark Legowski, uh, Glowinski from the New York Giants, and guard Chris Reed from the Minnesota Vikings uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, and their their third string running back Marlon Mack to the Houston Texans. But again, considering when you already have a Pro Bowl running back in Jonathan Taylor. And a solid pass catching back and backup running back, Naeem Himes. There wasn't really much um, for the Colts to do with Marlon Mack. So they just let him go. 
Now looking at some of their draft picks, they did lose a first-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles because of the conditions Carson Wentz uh, had in 2021. So they started in the second round with a receiver by the name of Alec Pierce. He's a solid pickup. Um, he should be a good number two option behind Michael Pittman Jr. Tight end, uh, Jelani Woods. So it's kind of weird that they picked a tight end. Uh, maybe he could be a serve as a backup from Virginia um, behind Mo Ali Cox. But, you know, considering that they picked a tight end in the draft, it's weird. Um, they picked a tackle from Central Michigan, Bernard Rainman. Um, who knows how he pans out. So for the Indianapolis Colts, the, the pickup for Mac Ryan was okay. I I like I, I like this trade for him. You didn't really have to give up much, but you do have to take on this hefty contract. Uh, for the Colts, you just have to wonder how long you can go with Matt Ryan because well, Matt Ryan's not getting younger. He is he's like almost hitting his forties, uh, and I, I get I get the I get the fact that the quarterback class was very weak in, in this year's draft, but. You, you have to start wondering, you know, yes, 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 you really have to start wondering, is Matt Ryan, will he be your guy? You Can you help him get to get back to the Super Bowl and help him win the Super Bowl, whether it's this year or next year, at some point? Because, well, you eventually have to draft his successor uh, if he's going to stay in Indianapolis for the rest of his career. Um, so that's something to consider. But I do... I think Matt Ryan still plays at a good level, a good enough level to make this offense pretty good, especially behind a strong offensive line. So Matt Ryan's going to be the key to elevating the rest of his offense. So who knows? Uh, Yang Nagakwe, um, trade for him. I think that was a very good trade because, you know, DeForest Buckner needs help um, in the pass rush and getting Nagakwe, another edge rusher, um, definitely will make the Colts pass rush pretty damn pretty damn good. Now, looking at some of their key games in in the 2022 season, it's the whole month. It's literally the whole month of the season. You go to Houston. You go to Jacksonville. You're playing your two AFC South rivals right from the get-go, but you want to get your damn revenge on Jacksonville for how things ended. But And now you're doing it with a new quarterback in Matt Ryan, who is not Carson Wentz. Then you return home for your home openers in, this is rough, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. That is a rough, rough opening slate at home. Patrick Mahomes and that Tennessee defense, that is rough. But, you know, not impossible. Like, you almost beat the Colts. Uh, you almost beat the Titans last year. Um, just some weird decisions by Carson Wentz cost you um you know who knows what Patrick Mahomes is going to be like without Tyreek Hill and everyone's going to everyone's going to go after Travis Kelsey so we'll see what happens there and then you go to Denver the week after Tennessee to face Russell Wilson and that Denver Broncos uh offense and the offense line is pretty strong for Denver and how are the force Buckner and Yannick Dugakwe going to attack and go after Russell Wilson, who is a still a pretty good scrambler. So, for the Indianapolis Colts, this is a pretty rough stretch for for to start their season. Now, for the for the Colts, like I, I just wonder how their defense is going to fare 
after losing coordinator Matt Eberflus, may, maybe there's some schematic changes or like how the pass rush operates. Hopefully nothing too crazy happens. Um, now, I'm just wondering, can the Colts make a surprise run? Uh, like, like can, they, can they run the table, win the AFC South? Because I do think that it's going to be either them or the Tennessee Titans that wins this division. And to be honest with you, the Colts, like, yes, they, yes, they had a quiet offseason, but they didn't really need to do that much aside from the, the quarterback position because Carson Wentz was bad, was not that great. Not, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't that great um, last year, especially with the, with, the, with the way things went down last year to end the season. And getting Matt Ryan, yes, he's much older than Carson Wentz, but he he still plays at a good level, better than Carson Wentz. And, you know, you got a strong offensive line that can protect Matt Ryan, and you got a Pro Bowl running back, an all-pro one, that matter, at, that still plays, at still young, and Jonathan Taylor. And you added a receiver to complement Michael Pittman Jr. And a tight, a two tight ends in Mo Ali Cox and and Jelani Woods. And then you got a good defensive pass rush. And is a linebacking core led by Darius Leonard. So overall, the Colts are pretty stacked. They are pretty stacked. Maybe their secondary could use some work, but overall, they are, they are a stacked team. They, they can be a pretty good team. They just need some motivation. And I they could make a surprise run. They just gotta they just gotta come in every other every Sunday like they want it. So for the Indianapolis Colts, they could win 10 or 11 games this season. Whether they win the AFC South or make a playoff run, that remains to be seen. And that all depends on how Matt Ryan does in this new indie offense. So last but not least, we're going to talk about the reigning, defending, undisputed AFC South champions for the last two years, and that is the Tennessee Titans. And for the Titans, well, it's kind of interesting where they're at at this point. You went to AFC South titles, but you don't really do anything with them in the playoffs when it matters most. And that was the case in 2021. You went 12 and 5. Um, your your best record since 2008. And that was despite losing your MVP in Derrick Henry for the back half of the season. And Ryan Tannehill, he does he does pretty okay. Um, AJ Brown um, and and company they're doing they're doing all right. they're doing pretty good um you know they're battling injuries but that that pass rush that that pass rush is holding them holding holding serve and they managed to clinch the AFC South and the AFC's top seed after beating the Houston Texans in week 18 but pretty much all of that in Henry's return to the divisional game against the Cincinnati Bengals as well as a ninth sack sandwich on Joe Burrow was all outdone. It was all for nothing because Ryan Tannehill choked. He choked. He threw three game-changing interceptions, one to start the game, and a third one to end the game, um, pretty much ending Tennessee's chances to seal the game. And just like in 2008, when they had the top seed, they lose their first game on a field goal. And that's as the top seed. They lose that game against the Bengals in, in disappointing fashion. 
Now, who knows if they would have had a chance against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. But sure, home field advantage matters. But the way they played in that divisional game, it certainly looked like they wouldn't. It certainly looked like they would have. Now, your goal for 2022, if you're the Tennessee Titans, is to strap up, reload, and make a much better playoff run with Ryan Tannehill and and that that key offense. Now, looking at some of their um, offseason signings, their re-additions, um, their losses, whether it's in free agency and the draft, they did get some shit done. They did get some shit done. Um, you get your key piece from that pass rush outside linebacker Harold Landry to a massive extension. You also signed the center, Ben Jones, um, key part of that offensive line. Kicker Randy Bullock is back f- with the team. Greg Maben's there in the secondary, the corner. And you got some new people too. Tackled Jamarco Jones from the Seattle Seahawks is is going to play guard. Um, so a solid piece, a solid addition to the offensive line. Tight end Austin Hooper from the Cleveland Browns. He's solid as well. Maybe he provides um, that option that Tennessee desperately needs in the middle um, in the receiving game. Um, and they traded for receiver Robert Woods from the LA Rams in return for a six-round pick. Uh, Robert Woods is coming off and tore ACL. So Tennessee's got to keep that in mind. Who knows if he's going to be ready for the season. Now, they did lose uh, guards Roger Saffold, a very key piece in that offensive line, and as well as David Quisenberry to the Buffalo Bills. Both of them to the Buffalo Bills. Um, so Josh Allen, not Ryan Tannehill, is getting some key pieces up, up east. So they also lost linebacker Rashawn Evans to the Atlanta Falcons as well as they also released Julio Jones um, in in free agency. So looking at some of their draft picks, this was a very surprising move when this happened. Like when we reached the 18th pick, the Tennessee Titans were on the board. And the reason why it was being, they traded away A.J. Brown, their top receiver in that offense. They traded him away to the Philadelphia Eagles for that 18th pick. And a third round pick. Like, my question, my, my thought process was like, why did they do that? Like, why the hell do you trade away your top receiver to another team? And, of course, the thinking was money. Money. Money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. AJ Brown wanted that fat contract extension, and Tennessee probably didn't have it for him. So, they let him seek a trade, or maybe he wanted to trade, and they let him get it, and off he went to Philadelphia. So how did they address that um, in the draft? Well, they went out and got his replacement in Arkansas's receiver, Traylon Burks, who, when I saw that draft footage on draft night, he looks he looks pretty good. He just needs some time to develop in that offense. So it's probably not going to be something that catches right in our eyes um, this year, but he will be something. They also got a corner from Auburn by the name of Roger McCreary. Um, they also got a tackle by uh, the name of Nicholas Petit Frere from Ohio State. So another key piece for that offensive line. They definitely need it. But the biggest move that they made in that draft in the third round was getting a quarterback. Yes, they literally got a quarterback by the name of Malik Willis. Yes, they got. they actually did it. Like of all teams <laughs> to go out get a quarterback um to get out and get Malik Willis 
was the Tennessee Titans. Like this was surprising to to many. And we found out that he could potentially replace Ryan Tannehill. It's 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 really weird. Because, you know, Malik Willis, when he was in college, he was a scrambler. He is his ball placement, his throwing was it was all right. Especially when you're when he played in Liberty, when I watched uh, his tape, when I was do, when I was preparing for the filthy casual preview, you know he was playing against easy competition. So it's gonna take some time if the, the long term plan is to have Malik Willis replace Ryan Tannehill. It's definitely gonna take him some time for him to develop in the NFL. So we'll see what happens there. So Ryan Tannehill, speaking of is officially on a medium spicy seat. He's on that, you know, when you go to a a wing stop or a Buffalo Wild Wings and you ask, what kind of sauce do you want? I want that medium, medium level spice. I'm not at the atomic wing spice just yet. My seat's not there yet. I'm at medium level. And that's exactly what Ryan Tannehill is feeling with the heat. Because if he doesn't do well at any point this season... Then, who knows? Maybe, um, maybe Mike Vrabel, their head coach, will p- put in Malik Willis, whether he's ready or not. So, we'll see what happens there. But Ryan Tannehill is—he's got a lot to prove this season. He really does because that that game against the Cincinnati Bengals, as well as for a good portion of the back half of the season, he threw a lot of—he threw a lot of self-inflicted turnovers throughout that se- throughout that season. And no, they were not good ones. They were not good ones. It cost the Tennessee Titans uh, some games that didn't that they could have won. So there was a running back that the Tennessee Titans drafted in, in day three. It was by the name of Michigan running back Hassan Haskins. Now he was he's a solid pickup, and he could be a good option if Derrick Henry is out for like any portion of the season. Um. He, he's like he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of solid, but who knows? Maybe he he could turn out to be something great in case Henry goes down. Now for Julio Jones, unfortunately, this might be uh, his swan song, his swan song because the tenure in Tennessee was bad. It was it was not good at all because he just couldn't stay healthy. Um, he didn't have that explosive that that he once had. So it it in. Either way, Ryan Tannehill was always deferring to A.J. Brown anyway. So it just didn't work out. It just simply didn't work out for Julio Jones in in Tennessee. So who knows if he's going to play um, again for another team in 2022 or he might just call it a career. But Julio Jones is one of the best receivers um, in football. But unfortunately, he, his injuries just derailed him in 2021. Now, look at some of that key games in 2022 for Tennessee. You look at week two against the Buffalo Bills. That Monday night game um, in prime time, it's going to be a big test for them. It's going to be a big test uh, for Ryan Tannehill, for Derrick Henry against that um, improved Buffalo defensive line. And it's going to be also be a kind of a test for the bus, the the Titans pass rush against the Bills much additions to the offensive line. Can they get to Josh Allen? That's going to be remaining to be seen. Then weeks three and four, 
you go, you return home to face the Las Vegas Raiders and their new new receiver Devontae Adams, and then week four you go to Indianapolis to face Matt Ryan and the Colts. So those are very those are some tough games there, and then <laughs> the month from hell, the month from hell, in, in midway through the season, you get weeks nine to thirteen. The odd weeks, you get to go to Kansas City to face Patrick Mahomes. You get to go to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And then you go to Philadelphia to face the three-headed dragon in a potential revenge game for A.J. Brown and his new teammates, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. Oh, boy. Oh, mama. That's going to be a spicy game for Tennessee. And then... Between all that, at home, it's not good. It's not easier. You get the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson in Week 10, and then in Week 12, a rematch of the divisional game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! This is the, the scheduling. God did not favor the Tennessee Titans like at all, like at all. So for the Tennessee Titans, like this, Ryan Tannehill keep his starting job at like for the whole season because. Dan Hill's like not outright terrible. He's just turnover prone. He just he is turnover prone. And he makes a lot of weird decisions with the football, especially when it came to that 2021 season. So it remains to be seen if at any point Malik Willis comes in to start for Ryan Tannehill or midway into a game for Ryan Tannehill. Now there were questions about uh, corner Caleb Farley. Um, last year, and unfortunately, he only played a handful amount of games before he got sidelined with an ACL tear. Now, does he play? Does he play this year? Does Does he stay? Does he? Can he stay healthy? Uh, can 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 he? Can he be that key piece in the secondary that the Titans are looking for desperately? Hopefully, he does well. Hopefully, he does he does well? He proves a, a good amount of people wrong. Um, in comes a cornerstone piece in that defense. Now, as for losing AJ Brown, they, like I said, they added Traylon Burks. They got Robert Woods, but are those additions going to be enough for the Tennessee Titans? Time will tell. Time will tell. It's not going to be an instant like fix, but time will tell. So for the Tennessee Titans, they, they lost a good amount of players in the offseason, especially in that offense. And I'm not even sure that, you know, those additions of Robert Woods and Traylon Burks is going to be enough to to offset losing A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown was a good good receiver. Um, and the offensive line, you know, who knows how that's going to hold up. That pass rush uh, led by Harold Landry is still, is still going to be relentless. It's still going to be damn good. Um, but there's just a lot of questions about the Tennessee Titans team. Are they going to regress? And I think they are. You know, I think that it's going to be a big challenge for them, especially when you get to that week 9 to 13 slate. That is going to be a massive gauntlet that could eventually derail their season because it's they're, they are very tough teams. They're going to be very tough teams. And again, things can change. But for the Tennessee Titans, you know, they kind of lost some talent that couldn't, that could break their season um, at the midway point. So looking at them, 
you could be looking at seven to nine wins. I, I hate to say it. And, like, sure, maybe they can have an outside chance of winning the AFC South against the Indianapolis Colts, um, pending on um, if the Colts don't do well. But it's just rough. It is really, really rough for the Tennessee Titans. And it's going to feel that way this coming fall. So that was the AFC South and my preview of them, all four teams in 2022. That was the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kind of a pain to talk about, really. It's, like I said, the NFC East of the AFC because you only have two teams and that's about it. And that one team, that one division, it's, well, they're kind of on a downward trend. So maybe I do think the Indianapolis Colts are going to win this division this coming season. But never know. Anything can happen. But I don't know. Maybe not in this division. Maybe it's just either the Indianapolis Colts or the Tennessee Titans. So we'll see what happens in this two-team division race. But let me know your thoughts about who's going to win this division. What do you think about each of these AFC South teams? However you can. But that's it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I am your host, Dylan Lasagna. Thank you for tuning in to this five fine episode, episode number 110 of this Filthy Casual podcast. Eight teams left. We are at the Elite Eight of this NFL season preview month. The AFC East and the AFC West are all left. That is all that is left. And man, what a way to end NFL season preview month. But until then, make sure you listen to the podcast wherever you get them and follow the podcast on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. And again, I am Dylan Lasagna. Keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge. Your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. And until next time, peace out.